0: This is the 10,000 Depositions Later podcast, episode 108. I'm Jim Garrity. Today's topic, 32 factors to argue for or against in deposition location disputes. Hey, everybody. For those of you who are longtime listeners, welcome back. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome home. The sole objective of this podcast is to be a critical resource for active litigators whose practice regularly involves taking and defending depositions. That is the singular reason for this podcast, for the book, and for our programs. Each episode is a single topic, gets right to the point, provides immediately actionable practice tips, and is supported by research that we provide you in the show notes. And we work hard to be respectful of your time by keeping each new episode as brief as we can without compromising the quality. I think last week, for example, we offered up some invaluable practice tips to avoid a newly developing technology-driven problem in the way subpoenas describe the deposition location. And yet the total length of that episode was just five minutes, 14 seconds. One last thing before we jump into the substance of this episode, and that is to say thank you for the feedback you've given us, not only through your emails, but also just as importantly, in the five-star ratings that you've given the show. Our production team works very hard to get these episodes out. It's a team effort to do them and to do them well. Their real payday, and they've said this to me, comes when we see new five-star ratings pop up, on one of the many sites where podcasts are available, such as Apple, Spotify, Google, and so on. So thank you. All right, let's jump in. During some research that we did relating to one of our own pending cases, we ran across a great opinion where a federal judge cataloged 32 key factors to consider when a fight over deposition location arises. The judge in that case, Michael J. Frank, is a federal magistrate in Florida. He was appointed to the bench in September 2018 and issued the opinion that is the focus of this episode on January 30, 2019, so a little more than four months on the bench for Judge Frank when he published this order. I won't go into the details of the opinion because the specific facts in that case, which is called Deep Gulf Inc. versus Moskowitz, aren't particularly pertinent to any individual piece of litigation because location arguments are always fact-specific. But it's an excellent catalog of points to make in favor of or to consider when arguing against a specific deposition location. It's a thorough list, but to quote Judge Frank, he says, well, of course, this isn't an exhaustive list and many of these factors may not be relevant in a so-called typical case. And then he goes on to say that his list simply illustrates that a court's decision regarding the location of a deposition when lawyers disagree is a fact-intensive one and that each application for relief must be considered on its own facts and equities. Now to Judge Frank's list of 32 factors to consider, we might add another half dozen or so that come to mind immediately. And again, this is not an exclusive list, but they are examples of things that come up commonly when we're talking about a good deposition location. Again, in no particular order is the overall environment one that would be appropriate for a deposition. And this can really come down to things so basic and elemental as even whether the temperature in the room is suitable. We've been in deposition locations that lacked sufficient air conditioning or sufficient heating, such that it made the process uncomfortable and inappropriate for everyone. Another common factor, will there be visual or auditory distractions in the deposition room that might interfere with the witness's ability to focus and to answer questions completely? Is there ongoing construction nearby? Is there foot or vehicle traffic that would interfere with the examination? Are there renovations going on in the building where the depositions will occur? Does the conference room where the deposition will take place have glass walls, very common in large organizations or institutional settings like hotels? That's very important to know. Many depositions involve testimony about traumatic or sensitive events and a deponent may be extremely uncomfortable if they're required to testify where they can be observed by current or former colleagues, managers, or even complete strangers. Are there suitable rooms at the deposition location for conducting private conferences with your witnesses? And if there are rooms that you can go into, can you trust that those rooms are secure? Is there an appropriate table to sit at? Does the table place the opposing lawyer and representatives too close to your deponents? Or if you're the lawyer conducting the examination, does the table configuration place you too far away from the deponent? Here's another thing we've seen. We've seen hotel conference rooms set up with only a single square table with each of the four sides about 50 feet long. It was set up as a kind of ring lining the walls of the conference room and appeared to be something set up so that a moderator could walk around inside this large ring of tables and that perhaps it was configured so that no one who was attending would be perceived as having a more or less favorable location around the room. Totally inappropriate for a deposition setting. And of course, you always want to make sure that you have Wi-Fi service, cellular service, and access to electrical outlets. Lawyers who rely on internet connections to conduct on-the-fly research and analysis, as we do in virtually every deposition, may find certain locations completely unsuitable for those reasons. So when you're going to be participating in depositions in an unfamiliar location, no matter where, you can take literally nothing for granted, no matter how small the detail. My own scheduler, many years ago, once set me for a deposition in an alleged conference room in a small motel in a small rural area the motel conference room turned out to be the motel bar. And in fairness, it had everything that you would want in a motel bar, including poor lighting and very tiny tables that were probably great for getting to know people on a personal level very quickly, but totally inappropriate for depositions. We do have deposition travel cases that include all kinds of technical gear just for those reasons, but I would have needed my own (laughs) halogen light towers Uh, to make things work in that bar. So once in a while we get snake bit by motel and hotel staff that are admittedly very good at upselling their facilities. All right, that's it for today. Check out the case in the show notes. Again, Deep Gulf Inc versus Moskowitz. If for some reason you can't put your hands on a copy of that case, just let us know by shooting us an email at depositionpodcast at jimgeardylaw.com, and we'll be happy to mail you back a copy of the actual order. As always, thank you for listening and thank you again for those five-star reviews. Super, super appreciated. Have a great day and we'll talk to you again soon.